Hello, welcome to the Rooted Souls podcast. My name is Becca Spear, and I will be your hostess. Here I am offering you talks on spirituality and self-development that bring you back down to earth. Bridging the gap between ethereal ideas and mindful realism. These talks illuminate the magic in the mundane and facilitate discernment in the far out for a life rooted in wisdom. This podcast is for conscious seekers who are just opening up to spirituality and personal growth, or those of you who've been on that journey for a while, and you're realizing that things just are not what they seemed at first, or for those who are anywhere in between. I am so glad you're here. I invite you to either take a walk or sit down and relax with something nice and warm to drink, and just let this wash over you. Take what resonates, leave the rest, and just know that this is my gift to you. I hope that it serves you. I am so glad you're here, and I hope that you enjoy the show. Today's episode is the power of physical fitness, and I have with me today Ari Rubens. He's a yoga teacher, personal trainer, and musician. He integrates breathwork, functional movement, and positivity into his transformational sessions with clients. He specializes in working with high-performance athletes, the special needs community, and helping clients reach their strength, weight loss, and muscle gaining goals with a holistic approach. He's inspired to share his healing journey with the world, and I'm so glad he's showing up here to speak with me today. And um, Ari, thank you for joining me. This was just a little bit of butterfly effect in my world. Uh, for the Power of Nature episode, I had with me Andrew Schofer and um, Ari and he are friends. And just a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about how I wanted to do an episode on the spirituality of fitness. And here Ari shows up in my world, uh, an expert in the topic. So Ari, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. So the reason this topic is important to me is I was a child with chronic illness and I was in pain uh, throughout my young years. Uh, my feet always bothered me. And into college, I was diagnosed with what they call fibromyalgia. And I had severe body pain all over for about six or seven years. I had a handicap placard. Very few people know this about me. And because of my pain um, and my interest in art and nature and less in athletics, I never really developed a good core strength. I didn't really know how to use my body. I didn't have athleticism. Um, and I had one, um, not pediatrician, a podiatrist once tell me that I walk like a jellyfish. Uh, I think what he's trying to say is I didn't have any core stability. And what I found uh, through actually an ankle fracture from surfing and physical therapy, I found that I was just really weak. I didn't have a lot of muscle strength in my feet probably because they put me in orthotics very early and I hadn't had any guidance of how to, you know, use my, my body. And so through physical therapy, I really started to learn how to use my muscles and how to strengthen and tone. And this was parallel to my spiritual journey. And what I found is that without working with my body, uh, my spirituality couldn't really deepen. And so today I consider my physical fitness, weight training, um, and 
you know, using my body in a very active way to be a very central part of my spiritual path. And I know um, in my heart and in my body, if I haven't had enough activity because my mind is busy, my mind is unsettled. And so I can't wait to hear uh, the story about how you got into this and how you see that physical fitness is absolutely a part of the spiritual path. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing. And, and I think we're definitely meant to have this podcast because I've been recently really thinking about the spiritual aspect of fitness as regards to healing and what I can give to others in this world. So just a bit of a background. I've been a mover my whole life since I was, since I've known myself, I've been looking to lift, <laughs> lift objects above my head and uh, was running and had a dream of becoming a soccer player uh, from a young age. And at the age of 12, well, originally from Florida, I uh, moved with my family over to Israel. And that was a really big and tough transition for me to move to from where the grass was literally green to a desert in, in a different language. So when I was there, I realized I had a lot of anger and frustration and then already started to think about how I always felt better after I ran or I was working out or I went and I still played soccer. Although that dream started to change, I was really having a hard time. I was really having a hard time adapting and really then took fitness to the next level. So I would go to the gym every single day. I'm like, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. But why? why is this happening? And it took me till uh, going through my military experience and, and then developing an autoimmune condition that really set me on this path of what's really happening here and how do I heal to find the many of the answers in various countries around the world, but it all ties back to movement and, and the fitness. And so while I didn't have a specific diagnosis of a condition, it was my, my body would attack itself. And I was like, what's really happening? What's really happening? So I'm a firm believer that the mind and the body are connected and that fitness can be a tool and fitness and movement can be a tool for healing. And I can happily say that I've made a lot of progress on a skin condition that I've had uh, since leaving the army and realizing that movement can be connected to how we process emotions and, and release trauma. And this is an amazing topic. So I'm really grateful to be here and dive deep into this. Me too. And just to give people some context, Ari and I have never spoken before. <laughs> so this is our first conversation. And I didn't share with you that I also have an autoimmune condition. I was diagnosed uh, when I was 10 or 11 with Hashimoto's thyroiditis and um, potentially picked up Lyme disease in college, which might've been what that chronic pain was about, that they often slap fibromyalgia on if they can't figure out why somebody's soft tissue is just <laughs> in a lot of chronic pain. Um, and I think getting that diagnosis around 10 or 11, um, I have a, a memory and I, I recognize that childhood memories aren't always correct. Well, adult memories aren't always correct either. Um, but I have this memory of them saying, take this pill every day or you will die. 
And so, you know, I got really into spirituality in my uh, early 20s, late teens, early 20s. And I sought out shamans and healers and herbalists and nutritionists. And I couldn't figure out why I couldn't heal this. And it wasn't until really last winter that I really started thinking about that moment where they said, take this pill or you will die and how my body remembers that. So how is it going to heal? Um, so I currently still have the diagnosis. I feel better than I've ever felt. Um, I'm pretty symptom free, but my blood work still tells me I have an autoimmune disease. And so I try to be careful about the language I use. I don't say it a lot out loud because I don't want to claim it. Um, and it's actually a reality. So um, as you described, an autoimmune disease is your body attacking itself. And so especially for a child to hear something like that, for a child's body subconscious to hear something like that, you know, it's been, you know, over two decades that I have had that memory in my system. So I tried all the spiritual work around it and the mindset work around it. And the, I also am a Jew, ancestral lineage around it. Um, I try the dietary stuff. I try the fitness stuff. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's a mystery. Um, I know that you're into astrology as I am. And so part of my uh, greatest wound and greatest gift on this planet is to heal my body and to share that with others. Um, so I recognize that it's not, I've done something wrong. Why haven't I fixed this yet? It's just part of my journey and my path. And I can tell you that um, days I don't lift, I notice a difference in my digestion. Uh, days I don't get out into the woods, I notice a difference in my sleep. So I have become this um, really sensitive person that I can just notice the littlest tweak with how I'm treating my body. So I do my best to, to not victimize myself that I've had this disease for so long and really celebrate the depth of awareness it's given me. Um, and so thank you for sharing that with me and, and us today um, and <laughs> inviting me to speak out about it too. I had a feeling it would come out, um, but you know, I still have a long way to go with movement because I rejected my body because the doctors told me it was against me. Um, and so I have a lot of love for my body today, but I still know there's a lot of somatic healing to do and a lot of um, cellular memory to undo around those messages early on. Well, I find it incredibly beautiful that we're, this, this is our first conversation and it's recorded on air. Just to see how we are connected and that my hope is that through this story and through sharing our stories together, we can hopefully give people perspective on the healing journey that comes and well, with, with transforming what could be the most painful experience in the human experience. It's just something that could be rather the way we, we give and we can give to people. Like life is not happening to us. It's happening for us. It's a, I, I used to curse the world or curse. I used to be so upset. Why me? Why from a young age? And I'm, 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 hearing that it, you've also experienced that from a young age, we both experienced tremendous amount of pain in our body. Why am I going through this now? But then right now, well, we're both working as, as coaches to help many individuals uh, from such a young age. And it's, it's, it's quite incredible to also just hear your story and just the guy I've had a similar experience where 
I went to the Western, I went to the Western doctors and, and I remember hearing, oh, you have this skin rash. Okay. They looked at it. They took, they only looked at the symptom. They looked five seconds and they said, oh, don't touch soil. Don't touch soil. Whoa. I'm even, I'm so glad I'm even on this podcast because it's like rooted, right? We're about getting rooted and connected to the earth. How would a human being thrive without being connected to the, to the earth? And it just did not click. It did not make any sense to me. He goes, put on this cream. Mm. Okay, fine. I'm open. I'm open to trying. So I put on cream. I put on the cream and it goes away within a day or two. Oh, amazing. I wish it was that simple. Comes back couple days later, worse than it already was, right? So this like quick fix, or there's something wrong, inherently wrong with me for having an autoimmune condition is, is absurd because it's not just, it's also like when we're talking about fitness and movement, it's not just about the physicality and the body. It's, it's connected to the mind, to the spirit, to the emotions, to everything, right? So I got really upset when that happened. It's like, oh, you have this, put this on. And my journey took me to working on a kibbutz in Israel on a farm. It's an organic permaculture farm where I remember being just so destroyed from my army experience that I needed to find healing. And and I went to, and I realized after finding out that on average, we flush seven liters of potential drinking water down the drain. Every time we go to the bathroom, when I do composting toilets and then I realized, wow, I can do something positive with my body. So I literally was, was, you know, as farm farming is one of the most challenging professions, especially on the body, but it felt really healing to know that I'm already contributing and moving my body. And I had to move a lot to move through, uh, the, this, um, the skin condition I was starting to experience. And, but connecting to the earth, I'm bringing it back to that. The, the doctor said, don't touch soil. And I just found so much sad. I did like, even if it was somehow the case, I felt so much satisfaction and the emotional side, the emotional and the spiritual connection to the earth that brought me healing and saying, oh, I'm part of nature. I'm part of nature and I'm rooted. And actually it's, it's through if, if you believe in like the, the chakra energy system, which I, I also went through by going to India eventually to study yoga in the Himalayan mountains. And uh, one thing I learned is that you, if you're looking to create healing in your body, it has to start from the ground up. So from the root, the root chakra is the earth element. And so here I, here I am when I could have gone down this rabbit hole path that would, would actually make things worse by disconnecting from the earth. Now I'm a farmer, but also learning energetically that it is the earth that can start the healing process. I'm blown away at the amount of parallels. <laughs> uh, yeah, a few things. The, the wrongness in having an autoimmune condition. Um, and this is a culture where people are so codependent and so unwanting to disrupt other people's minds or schedules, um, so few people feel comfortable speaking up for their needs to be met. And if they do speak up for their needs to be met, often, often they're met with opposition um, and you're too much. And so there's this like wrongness, the you're too much here, take this, put this on, stop it. And I, I have so much 
sadness also around hearing the story of the soil. Um, and I can relate because I told you it's my pain started in my feet. And so the doctor said, don't walk barefoot here, have these, you know, orthotics. And so, um, I never walked barefoot. And so I also lost the connection to the earth. Um, in 2013, I launched my first coaching practice called health roots, health coaching. <laughs> and I chose health roots because I realized it really started in the root. Um, and I was aware of my detachment from the earth, um, having worn shoes for so many years. And um, as you know, I went through the nature program that Andrew uh, went through. And so I was really trying to repair this connection, this disconnection I had with the earth. Um, and just so sad <laughs> to know that we were given these messages, but so happy to celebrate with you today that we both have really, truly taken a stand to shift it in ourselves and offer that shift and change for others. I'm, I bow to you in, in reverence for the work that you're doing. What have you found to be the most helpful piece of advice someone gave you or a lesson you've learned along the way to bring you more into healing? That's a beautiful question. Um, I'm sure if I sat and journaled with it, I'd come up with a lot more, but I'll give you my first uh, impulse. Um, you know, I was also a highly sensitive person, a highly emotional child. And so I was told my body was too much and my attitude and, you know, my being was too much. So I'd say that really hearing from elders and peers um, through my healing process that I'm not too much and that my body's not broken is probably at the core, um, the core message that's really given me a new perspective. And it takes time to integrate that message and that wisdom because there's so much noise that tells me otherwise. Um, but at times where I do want to feel like, why me? Why still? And why so young? Um, I remember that this is part of my gift, that this is part of what makes me so um, compassionate for others, um, and that there is beauty in that, and to focus on the things that are working well. You know, I, I broke my ankle through a surfing accident, and I was often on crutches for probably almost a year and a half. Um, so I spent a good part of my life not being able to walk. Um, and then, you know, thinking about when I had the handicap placard, I also couldn't really walk then either. It hurt so much. I could barely stand. Um, so celebrating that I can take a hike now. I can be on my feet for hours. Um, I can swim. I do have hands that work. I have eyes that see. Um, I can digest my food. Like, that's amazing. There are so many people who are so sick and are on so many drugs um, or don't know that movement and a shift in diet and time outdoors can actually shift and change anything. So I'd say back to your original question, if I can remember it, um, what is the most powerful message I've received? Um, that it can change and to look for the gift. I think those are probably um, paired with that nothing's wrong with me and that, um, that there is medicine in the healing process. Yeah, when I think about 
the question that I asked, especially after hearing your answer, I'm, I'm uh, shifting and adapting because it's relatable. I realized that patience was huge and not trying to fix it. And it, were, it was the people who, who came up to me and sat with me and listened to me, you say elders as, for me as well, who just held the container for me to express what was going on and not feeling any guilt or shame around being in that experience, which was huge. And then another key lesson is, is in the Chinese medicine, Qigong energy world, Reiki world as well. I studied Reiki in Cambodia just to like dive deep into this because I was learning that blockages or when energy is stuck in the body, that's where illness is created. That's where, uh, you know, symptoms can start to emerge even in those areas of the body. So even like when I had skin rashes, I was like, wait, hold on, what's really happening here? Why are my legs and feet getting most of the rashes? What's, what's the spiritual symptom of this? And, and then the more, the more root chakra healing I did, the better I got. And root chakra or root healing actually connects to family. You know, like what's the relationship with your parents? What's your relationship with where you grew up and your upbringing? What does stability mean to you? Yeah, how can you feel more grounded? A lot of these questions that relate to inner stability. You see, even the, the psychological aspect of healing is often under underlooked. So I started to, to, to step into that. And then, see, the thing is with that energetic approach to healing that I learned in the yoga world, you start with the root, then you go up and up and up and you build yourself up from the ground up, like create a solid foundation for your home. That's what I remember learning. And when I was building mud, mud, mud domes and, and buildings on the kibbutz and in the desert of Israel, it's like, oh, okay, you got to have a good, good foundation. I was literally having hand, uh, my hands full of mud and connecting to the earth, like totally the opposite of what the doctor said. Right. But then you start to ascend. It's like the Maslow's hierarchy. It's like, you got your safety needs met. You can start to feel safe. Okay, then what comes up? Then it's like, okay, the sacral region is related to pleasure. Can you experience pleasure on a regular basis? Do you have, are you feeling guilt? Can you let go of guilt and move more into creativity? So it's been this beautiful healing journey. But the one thing that stands out the most beyond patience is the opposite of depression is expression. That, when I heard that, I felt electricity spark every cell in my body. It really resonated with me. Wow. The opposite of depression is expression. So I learned it's not just through having the conversations. It's through moving the body. I went and I practiced something called dynamic meditation or Osho meditation. There's a, there's a guru uh, who, who would teach people this way of expressing the body in a way that's very unconventional, but very open and ecstatic, very authentic because you're, you're just trusting your body to go crazy. I did that one time, even I did it without music. I think I did it in the, in, in the kibbutz that I was staying on in a mud dome. And I remember feeling this instant relief from my skin pain. Wow. And I started to realize movement is medicine. 
I, I want to hear more about that <laughs> online or offline. Uh, just this, this modality. Um, I, so when I was living in the Bay area in 2010, um, I don't even remember how I hooked up with this, an elder in the community, um, Carolyn North. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She's an author and a dancer. I think she's in her eighties or nineties now. Um, but she had a dance studio in her backyard and she, um, she asked me to come meet with her and to dance barefoot. And I explained to her that my feet hurt. I couldn't dance barefoot and I didn't know how to dance. And I would go sit with her. Um, I think we meet weekly. I don't really remember. And she would massage my feet while I talked about my week where I could express myself emotionally. And she'd say, your feet are just cold. We just have to get the blood rushing to them. And then she would have me close my eyes and dance on her hardwood floor in her dance studio. And she would just start with one body part and ask me to move another. And I'd have my eyes closed. Sometimes she'd put on music and she'd say, she's told me, she said, you are one of the most beautiful natural dancers I've ever seen. And why don't you dance? Well, my older sisters took dance lessons. I tried, but my feet hurt. So I stopped. And so this was when I really started to get back into my body and move intuitively, um, but with support and witnessing. And gosh, I think I probably need more of that. I'm, I'm very curious about the modality you just mentioned. Um, but I found that, you know, it's about incorporating the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, and then the, the physiological. And so um, the, you know, I, I, I went four or five years giving up, like, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to start taking that And the pill that they give people with my condition is thyroid hormone. It's, it's not actually a drug. It's just hormone, but it tells your body, you don't need to produce it. So it's, it's a bit of a, a challenge for me to, to accept, but I was tired of taking all these supplements and focusing on the illness all the time. I, I thought maybe I should just try not focusing on the illness and living in my life. And so recently over the last of this, this winter, I started working with a new pr practitioner and he did some alternative testings and found that I have very high levels of pesticides in my body. And so the reason I feel so healthy and look so healthy is because I'm doing everything right, but my body is still has this toxic burden from my environment. Nothing's wrong with me. So we've been doing some work to reduce the inflammation and then start to remove the pesticides. So my body can do what it's meant to do, heal herself. And so, um, you know, you know, I, I had thought for a while, I'm doing everything that everyone else does to have miraculous healing. Why am I not healing? What's wrong with me? And now I can rest assured that it's actually something in the environment. So it isn't always something that we can do within ourselves, but I was, you know, you could argue that I was ready to find out that information and I needed to go through that healing path. If you, you know, if that feels good to, to, to lean into that narrative. Um, but I, I'd love to hear more about your work and what you do. And, you know, if you work with people with autoimmune disease or other um, illness, I know that you work with special needs people and people who are thriving um, in their athletic career. So I'm curious what, you know, where do you start with people? What questions do you ask? What um, suggestions do you make for them to start moving their bodies on their own? Most of the time, 
individuals reach out to me with, I'll call them surface level goals of, I want to get stronger. I want to put on more weight, uh, more muscle mass, and I want to lose body fat percentage. Or they would say, I want to put on weight, lower weight. You know, I think a lot of people, when they connect with fitness, they say, oh, it's about changing, morphing my body, sculpting my body into what will look better. And I quickly debunk that. First of all, just saying, first of all, getting more specific to the dream. Like, what is your dream, right? Because yes, you, people come up to me and they say, I want to get stronger, but really what is your dream for your life? What, walk me through a week, a, a day in your ideal life and seeing where can movement fit into that and, and how do you want to feel rather than who are you looking to change or uh, how are you looking to change? It's not less about the change. It's more about the, the, that internal world. Um, shifting towards the strongest version, like what would the strongest version of yourself feel like, right? So it's creating a vision. And while doing that process, most of the time, there's a lot that comes up specifically around stress, about around purpose and around everything else that connects to life. And how does movement collaborate with that vision, right? So for me, I realized just like, just like how the doctor looked at me, I am, I committed from that moment. I am not going to be someone to say, do this workout routine, lift this weight, blah, 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 eat this food. No, I'm here to look at the person for their whole self, because you know what? I had to do that with myself for years upon end. I've had so much inter internal work, but then, you know, people look at me and they say, Ari, I just don't understand. How are you able to have so much positive energy and how are you able to have, and this outlook in life, which Becca, I see that, I see you have that too. You have this like sunshine and this positivity, but I, I can speak for myself that it's because I did this intern, I did the work. And when you're sharing your story, it's like, you're doing my work. You know, you're mirroring to me, like the lessons and how important is it that we went through what we went through. But it's like showing up for someone for their whole self is my purpose at this point and sharing my experience as, as just being, being a friend, being someone who can hold their hand and to, to motivate them to be their best version of themselves. So that would be kind of the work. So, but I do work in eight week pack, eight weeks packages. And, and my whole thing is getting really specific, but, but bringing an element of compassion to it. It's like, some people want to lose 50 pounds in a week or in, 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 two, in two months, but still it's, it's incorporating that in Sanskrit, it's called ahimsa. It's actually the only tattoo I have. It's right here on my arm. And uh, it's, it means do no harm and, and be compassionate to others, but more importantly to the self. So to sum up kind of what I do with people is, is create a, a compassionate and healthy, empowering mission for eight weeks that they can continue that vision on their own uh, for the rest of their life. It's like today is the first day for the rest of your life. And how does movement as a, as a healing modality, but also as an empowerment, empowerment and strengthening and feeling good experience be part of the daily routine. So that's what I do for my work in this world.
I love that. And what I'm hearing the common thread between us is that we hold sacred space for people to explore the parts of them that are stuck or might need some nurturing and cultivation. And it sounds like we both had similar experiences with finding elders to support us. And something that's really missing in American culture is that safe place to explore and people tend to go to therapy um, because that's so missing in our culture, but to be witnessed, to be mirrored, to be held, to be heard. Um, and so creating that space for whatever the goal is. So if it's physical, if it's for movement, holding space for that, the work I do tends to be more ethereal and, and psychological, um, although I do some somatic work. And um, what I'd love to hear from you are a few tips and tricks that people can do at home to start to tune into their own bodies um, or you know, just some ways that they can start to observe themselves or maybe even start to become aware that this might be work that they want to do that could help them with whatever they're challenged with. Yes, I would happily share that. And I know you, you were asking for a couple, but I'm going to stick with one and the most important one, which is the breath. The breath is the window and the gateway to the soul and to health on many, on the many aspects. For example, if you tune in right now, if you're listening to this podcast, tune into how you're breathing, right? Are you breathing shallow and your lungs and, and it's just this slow breath? Is it a long breath? Is it a short breath? But becoming more in tune to the breath is a clear mirror to your current experience. When I, before I started noticing my breath, I wouldn't be able to recognize the activities that I did that caused me more skin inflammation, for example, or the way I was thinking and the way I was, I was holding myself mentally or this, even the food I was eating. So it was more of just, I was in this constant, just race and this, this run through life. And it would just get worse and worse and worse. And the moment I, I started really diving in, I, I started yoga at 15 years old just to help me during high school, just find more inner peace. But yoga after the military experience uh, has gave me the tool to, to go inwards and, and observe. And so practicing breath work, many different kinds of breath work practices, or simply just taking one moment in the day how am I breathing? I know right before the podcast, we, we did three breaths together just to center and tune in. But the breath is the ultimate tool of getting direct feedback. You become your own teacher, your own guide when you start to notice how you breathe various points of the day. How are you breathing under stressful times is going to be an indicator to say, okay, one, if you change your breath at that time, you also have the power to shift your reality. For example, a stress, say a stressful moment's happening and you're breathing like this, you will increase the amount of stress you have because that is a activating breath. But you're in that moment again, you can catch yourself and you go, one, that brings you into the present moment. Two, you get direct feedback of what's happening and maybe even what is causing this to happen. 
to, to create this stressful situation. And three, you had the power to be, to, to take your life by your hands. So breathing is connecting to exercise and how you move your body and your workouts. It could be how your evening routine is set, how your morning routine, it could be your whole day and night could be influenced by your breath. So that's the greatest piece of advice is start to tune into your breathing, both consciously throughout the day. Maybe put in a, put on a timer, put on an alarm, you know, every 4 PM, boom, how are you breathing? Right. But then also start to practice breath work. I have breath work practices on my YouTube channel. I'm also on insight timer at Ari Rubin's on insight timer. We can link it to this podcast. And I would like to encourage those listening to start breathing, start breathing fully from the lower belly, filling up the lungs and slowing the breath down, explore different breathing modalities so that you can start to tap into that inner strength and inner awareness. Couldn't have loved that more. I work with my clients with the breath all the time as well. And me, you know, if, if I'm not breathing deeply, then I know I've got to do something to pause and reassess and redirect where I'm focused. Um, and just to kind of reiterate what I said earlier is that for me, strengthening um, has really given me a sense of self and centeredness and presence. Um, it used to be that I would just like, you know, pick something up and hope for the best, but now I'll activate my core and, you know, be more conscious of the way I move. And it keeps me so present. And I feel like I'm here. And I think for so many years of my life, I wasn't in my body because it was, it was too painful and I didn't feel at home in her. And now I can actually, you know, use fitness as a way to stay in myself. Um, and I love what you said earlier about um, the opposite of depression being expression. And I think so often we're so focused on other people um, and how other people are perceiving us or how we should be behaving toward other people. And um, people are so self-conscious, but they're not actually self-aware. They're not self in themselves. So um, bringing people back into their body um, for health, but also for emotional well-being. Um, so I love that you showed up with me today to explore this topic. Um, and I will definitely link all the ways that people can get a hold of you. And then I'm going to follow up with you and get links for the other things that you um, spoke of. So people, if they want to do more research on those topics, they can find them. And so amazing to hear your story and how, how many threads are common between us. Thank you so much for your expertise and wisdom and your vulnerability. It was such a pleasure to record with you today. It was such a pleasure to express my mind, body, and spirit with you on this podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right, everybody take care. See you next time. Okay. Thank you for listening and becoming part of this community. If you love this episode, I invite you to subscribe, share with someone you think would appreciate it, or leave a review. This helps me to learn what resonates with you so I can deliver more of what you want and reach more people who can benefit from this content. If you want to reach me, please feel free to reach out on my website, www.beccaspirit.com. I would love to hear from you. 
get any feedback, and know what's on your mind. Until next time, take great care.